0: Well met, listeners, and welcome once again to James and Dragons. Today's sponsor... Hey!
1: hey. Who's... who's that? Hey, uh, I think... I, I know the sponsor, and I'm gonna tell the people what the sponsor is today. Oh,
0: will I never.
1: Today's sponsor is Numenera from Monty Cook Games. Do you know about Numenera? Pixie intro person?
0: I've never heard of such a thing in my life!
1: Okay, well, Numenera... Is a tabletop RPG set a billion years on Earth's future? Are you familiar with Earth? What? Okay, you're not the you're not the target audience, obviously, but that's okay. It's a, like I said, it's set a billion years in the future, where the people of the Ninth World have been suffering through a dark age, an era of isolation and struggle, in the shadow of the ancient wonders crafted by civilizations of millennia gone. So, like, remember those three thousand years where there were giant apes that ruled the world? And they had a bunch of banana
0: structures. Now you're speaking my language, stranger. I remember now. Numenera broke records with its Kickstarter five years ago and has since come out with dozens of products detailing the vibrant ninth world.
1: Yeah, and now Numenera 2 is on Kickstarter. This is not a new edition of Numenera. These are new core books that will replace the existing books, but they are backwards compatible. So you'll be able to use your old Numenera books along with this new stuff.
0: Numenera Discovery is a fresh take on the existing core book. You'll have more options and clearer rules. Numenera Destiny will give you new things to do with your discoveries from ancient civilizations and new and epic ways to structure your campaigns. And perhaps best of all, Numenera Destiny will offer three new character types and a number of new descriptors and foci geared toward its innovative style of play.
1: The Kickstarter is live right now, so you can visit mymcg.info/dstpodcast to go check it out. That's mymcg.info.dstpodcast.
0: And now, be gone! Let us begin a new episode of Dames and Dragons. I'll give you something to to talk talk about
2: (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's the curse that Sophia has put on
0: us
3: (laughs) (laughs) she won't stop singing it and we are all cursed (laughs) i've never
2: heard that song
3: are you kidding me (laughs) look up shania twain are you literally not kidding no i'm not kidding i've actually never heard it get out when did it when was it popular like in like when we were kids okay well, that was during the period of time where all I listened to was Christian rock. Okay. <laughs> so I missed yeah. like a whole but, like, generation of music. Shania Twain was an honorary Christian rock. Yeah, she could fit into that category. If you haven't heard Shania Twain, like you aren't. I alive. probably have heard I probably have heard some of her songs, but I haven't heard that one. Well now you have. <laughs> oh, this is truly <laughs> she, she a curse. Also, she also did Makes me feel like woman or I feel like a woman. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a woman. I feel uh, like uh, a woman. Uh, uh, uh. This is nothing. This oh, is not an I intro. I, thought, but I think I have heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. wow. Is that in the song? Yeah. <laughs>
2: no, <it's> yeah. <laughs> That's my D D
3: I'm Kat, I'm your DM. Hi, I'm Noelle, and I play Fran, who's a Genasi wizard. Level six, wait, right? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Level six. Hello, I'm Caitlin. I play Corbin. He's a human, he's a druid. (laughs) Stop looking at me, Noelle. He's level six. <laughs> that's the most subdued and yet somehow also the most disturbing <laughs> intro you've ever done. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. welcome. Hello, I'm Sophia and I play like a cheapling paladin level six. Nice.
1: Ooh. Six six
3: six.
2: <gasps> oh, number. Luckily, there's also another level six with you, so it's six 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 six, and that's um, fine. Okay. All right. So, last time, you guys climbed a mountain. Why were you climbing a mountain? To hug the mountain. To envelop that mountain. You know what? We just have okay. to
3: keep reusing the same jokes until they're dead.
2: And then people will think it's our joke and they won't remember the yeah. early 2000s yeah. at YTM&D. Yeah. No, they just won't
3: remember the early
2: 2000s, period. Uh, okay. Uh, Only you- 90s kids remember. <laughs> <laughs> Only 90s kids remember the mountain. So, Corbin, as you land on the grate, it immediately drops open underneath you, and as soon as you are inside, it snaps closed again. Just after that has happened, you hear, "Ohw geez. geez, oh geez, Ah Marty!" Another bird got in Uh, <laughs> what do you do? Uh, I act like a bird and I caw and I try and fly out and flap my wings vigorously. So the grate is just slightly too small for you to get through. Okay. You feel like maybe if you had some time to wiggle, you might be able to get through. But just as you're thinking that, a guard comes in followed closely by a second guard. They're both wearing heavy black cloaks and purple and black tabards with a broken tower symbol on them. So the guard who comes in first, he sighs and he takes off his big black cloak. He says, I don't care why you're so scared of him. Ah, come here come here little birdie and he starts approaching you with his cloak spread out uh, uh. Mean, meanwhile the other one is saying oh they're creepy I don't know how they keep getting in here aren't they supposed to be smart Marty he approaches you he comes up the spiral staircases that goes down this cistern towards up to where you are by the grate Here, yeah, birdie birdie and he's holding out his cloak to try and catch you I'm gonna have you make a dexterity save That is, oh, wait, I
3: still have, I cast my stealth thing a little while Mm -hmm. ago, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Okay, so then I got 20, but not natural, obviously.
2: That is just not quite enough. Uh, With his big black cloak, Marty is able to scoop you up into it, and he wraps you up in his cloak. And uh, you can hear just outside of this muffled, soft world that you are now encased in. Ah, just just open the grate and send it back out. It's cold out there. That's Marty talking. He says, oh, poor old fellow. Probably just landed on the grate because it's warm. Look at him. He's a runt. (laughs) I make that exact noise. (laughs) Probably got shut out when we closed up the aviary for the storm. And you can feel yourself uh, moving as you're being taken, you think, maybe down the stairs from the jostling that you're feeling. Can I try and claw my way out of his cloak with my talons? Sure, make a strength save, but you're making a strength save as a crow, so... Okay. Well, I rolled a 10. <coughs> no, no, not even close. As you're you're struggling, Marty wraps the cloak a little bit tighter around you so that you're swaddled like a little baby and you can't move your wings or talons anymore. Yeah. I snap my beak. Ah. Oh. Marty, where are you going? Ah, Marty! And you hear that voice fading as you're carried like this for a little bit. And when the cloak is finally unwrapped, enough for you to like stick your head out and get a look around, Marty has you cradled under one arm as he is rummaging through a little bag in what looks like a kitchen. And he takes out a piece of jerky and he, he holds it up to your beak.
3: Oh, I eye it with suspicion.
2: <laughs> Oh, and
3: com- I turn, I turn my beak away.
2: <laughs> oh, come on, guy! I know
3: you're hungry. You just- I start doing the waka thing
2: that that one crow does. <laughs> Marty tears off a smaller piece of the jerky and he, he holds it a little closer to your beak. <laughs> They've probably eaten their dinner already. There's probably nothing left for you. Just eat the jerky. Uh, I... I uh, turned my beak away again. So after a little while of this, he eventually gives up and he pockets the jerky that he's trying to feed you. He carries you out of the kitchen and you can get a little bit of a look around now because he hasn't covered your head up again. And he walks into a hallway made of black stone, which he proceeds down not very far. It's maybe 25 feet down the hallway to another door. This one is heavy and metal and he undoes the latch on this side so that he's able to open it up. And inside is a large cavernous room and a deafening cacophony. Of those uh, birds from before. Inside this room, there are tons of those black birds that you saw circling above as you walked over the mountain. Getting a little bit of a closer look at them now, you can see that their feathers are very small and they're almost scale-like. Their screech, it doesn't sound like a call. They, they don't really seem to be crows or hawks or any kind of bird
3: you've, you've seen. Can Corbin, like, understand what they're saying approximately?
2: Just, find, kill, find, <laughs> find, kill! Oh, Good. <laughs> At the top of this room, you can see that there are shutters, which have been closed. And otherwise, there are perches and little holes in the wall where these birds, they're nesting or sleeping or fighting. A lot of them are fighting. And Marty puts you down on a perch near the doorway, and he leaves a little pile of jerky bits for you. The others are going to try and eat these, so you should probably eat them first. (sighs) Hope this storm lets out. you know we are making such a racket in here. You better hope the boss doesn't come back. So Marty gives you a little pat on top of your head, and uh, then he leaves the room and shuts the door behind him. Okay. Wait, are the other birds, like, paying
3: any attention to him?
2: Not at this point, no. Ooh. Yeah, they seem to either they think he's one of them or they just haven't noticed him yet. But we're going to leave Corbin there for now.
3: <laughs> uh, cool, cool, cool.
2: And now we're back to Fran and Laika and the goddess, who you guys are in Liam tiny hut, still on the cliffside, waiting for Corbin to come back from a scouting mission. <sighs> okay, well, we would assume that he would be
3: back within, like, ten minutes because yeah. he just was to fly over. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that it would only take us, like, maybe half hour to be like
2: something's definitely wrong. Yeah, I think so too. Mm -hmm. Mary signs to you guys, what should we do? Should we go after him?
3: Um, okay. Well, I I take out the compass and open it up and say Corbin's
2: wing. The compass just spins. Not an object. Corbin's feather. The compass stops. It it points in a direction. Toward the grate of Torva's jaw. Great. (laughs) So I guess then we have to decide if we're
3: going to wait and try and regain our spell slots before we go. Uh,
2: so Mary holds up a hand, which is her way of signaling, like, I want to speak. Mm. We won't do Corbin any good going in there at half strength. I think we should rest.
0: Mm. Mm, Corby's out there all by himself.
3: <laughs> Did you just call him Corbin? No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay He's just Maybe On the other hand Maybe it wasn't Torva Maybe it was Burger Jurger. And Corbin is Just having a great time somewhere And he's busy This place is called Torva's Jaw It's probably pretty bad I think it's called Torva's Jaw Okay I think we should go now Well, I don't know What does the compound look like? Will you describe it again? It's the three black peaks
2: of Torva's jaw, arranged in a triangle, and then Uh in the center is the grate. Okay, and there's nothing else above the ground that we can see? No. Okay.
3: We're going to have to be smart about this. Obviously, something happened to Corbin, so there's something around here that we can't see that's a threat. Probably Torva. (sighs) That's a good guess. Um... (laughs) We've only been waiting for half an hour. If we can even wait another half hour, we'll regain a little bit more strength. Why don't you wait a half hour and rest, and Gingy and I mm-hmm. will go investigate. And you'll it. go get captured and disappear into Torva's jaw. Great slim Laika. <laughs> you can see me. I'm just going to go walk around the grate and uh-huh. come back. Yeah, it'll just be like a really routine scouting mission. It'll take like maybe ten minutes. <laughs> Gingy could go check it out without me. I'm fine with
2: that. (laughs) All right. I look to the goddess. The goddess nods. She's okay with that, too. All right. All right. Uh. So you send Gingy out, and she is trembling in every limb as she heads out into the cold. But she makes her way over to the grate and noses around for a little bit. And then she comes bounding back with a black feather in her mouth.
3: Are you telling me that Gingy was smart enough not to step on the grate, but I was not? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gingy's a smart girl Whatever She's she's a pretty cool wolf Fran points with huge eyes At the feather and looks at Laika And the goddess Laika points at Fran You think I did this?
2: (laughs) The goddess signs Well now we know what the compass was pointing at Oh So Corbin's probably being Brutally murdered
3: (laughs) Right now
2: Mary chimes in and signs, we don't know that. He might just be being tortured. Good point. (laughs) Okay. We just need to wait for
3: like 10 more minutes. While they're waiting, Lika's getting impatient, so she's like pacing around the tent, getting ready. Fran is also pacing. (laughs) And I would assume that we're bumping into each other. (laughs) Yeah, not very big.
2: Mary is sitting directly in the center of the room with her hands folded in her lap and just nervously... Messing with the fabric on her cape.
3: All right. And as soon as it's been an hour, I'm like, okay, rest done, strength bag, let's go. (laughs) And I take down the hut and I say, Jinji, where did you
2: find that? Uh, So Jinji takes you guys back to the edge of the grate where there are a couple black feathers that came off of Corbin as he was trapped. So this looks like an entrance to a dungeon. Yep. (laughs) Why don't you roll investigation on the grate?
3: Oh, natural 20. I got um, 13 for investigation. We're also going to be quiet, too. Oh, yeah, why don't you make stealth rolls? Okay. 19. I got 8
2: for stealth. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Laika, you immediately notice the hinges on either side, and you can see that it falls inward. You can see the spiral staircase heading down this large cylindrical cistern, and at the bottom of those stairs, there's a lever. I just want to look
3: around and see if there's any other sign of another entrance nearby.
2: Okay, I'll I'll use your same role. Yeah, okay. there isn't. There's okay. no other entrance nearby. So I
3: would pull Fran and the goddess away and just say, so what's our plan? Are we going to go in?
2: Mary signs, if that's the only way in, that's the way we need to go in. How do we pull the lever? That must be what opens the grate,
3: right? I think that... Somebody needs to become a human fart. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I don't volunteer. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll do it. That's fine. So, yeah, I cast gaseous form on myself and I dissolve into a cloud.
2: Okay. where Do you just go down to the bottom of the cistern? Um... Can you manipulate things as a gaseous cloud?
3: I sure can't, but I'm probably gonna, like, look around a little bit first. Okay, sure. So I go down there,
2: and, like, what do I see? Are there, like, tunnels going different directions? There is one hallway headed straight ahead of you, from the bottom of the staircase. And you can see that there is a room beyond it. Mm, okay. Well, I'm gonna go... Okay. <laughs> um...
3: And so- I'm gonna stay on the floor... <laughs> Okay. And go
2: towards the corner. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you stay, you stay out of the way. Yeah. What you see when you get to the doorway is not a maniacal lair. You don't see traps. You don't see monsters. You see a war room. There are soldiers walking everywhere. There are people in uniforms carrying books and clipboards. Ahead of you, there is a obsidian throne with a golden sword sticking out of the back. And in front of that, there is a map of the world with broken tower tokens scattered across it.
3: What are they? What are they?
2: What are they wearing?
3: (laughs) (laughs) But like, are they dressed in like Torva?
2: Yeah. So all of the soldiers that walk past and as you're looking at them, I say soldiers, but they're not the fighting soldiers. For lack of a better word, these are the administrators of war. Like officers? Well, there's officers. There's what look like maybe scribes or privates. They're all wearing black and dark purple tabards over black shirts and pants and boots. And the tabards all have a black broken tower emblazoned on the front and back.
3: Are they mostly human? Mostly, yes. Oh,
2: it's okay. it's mostly human. Large portion of elves. Okay. Do I hear people
3: talking about things? Yeah. Uh,
2: roll a perception check. That's a fourteen. Okay, so you see one guard who is standing on the opposite side of this archway, and he is muttering to himself. He's saying, "God damn, Marty, where'd he go? <laughs> Fuckers <laughs> probably skipped out on me, <laughs> saving a baby bird in my ass." Oh, I am like, hmm. yeah, that's all you hear, though. <laughs> okay. you can't you can't make out any other conversations. Do I see any like vents or pipes? No. There's no other openings. There are hallways in the middle of the room that are going left and right, and there is one hallway much closer to the staircase that is going off to the left. okay um, and there is a small door to the right of the throne.
3: okay, and how far is it to the that door?
2: It's on the all the way on the opposite side of this
3: very long hall. It's a good hundred feet. and like, is there stuff in my way?
2: There is definitely stuff in your way. There are columns all up and down the room, and there's also people walking everywhere. How, like, high
3: is this ceiling?
2: It's a cavernous ceiling. Okay. Probably
3: 200 feet above you. So is it maybe, like, in one of the peaks? It might be. Okay. So I'm going to try and, like, fly, like, up towards the ceiling. Okay. Taking the least noticeable route, which I think would just be going up against the wall. Yeah. Make a stealth roll. Okay. So that is 20, but not natural. Okay. No one notices you. Okay. And then I'm just going to, like, go along the ceiling and go to the other side of the room. Try to go to the door. By the throne? Yeah.
2: Can you move through, like, cracks in a door? That seems like you should. I can. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you are definitely able to. I'll just, I'm just going to carry yourself rolled over. Yeah. Um, Okay. How dare you? That is way out of order. (laughs) 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 Just scroll down. By the the
3: throne, so I knew that it had to have the good stuff.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Inside of this room, the walls are lined with tall, heavy bookshelves. There's a black wooden desk a little ways away from that. You can feel cold air coming from the bookcase behind this desk.
3: Oh, God. (laughs) How long has it taken me to get here? Seems like it would be like five minutes. Yeah, not that long. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to go to the bookcase. Can I go like in it or under it or something? Yeah, you're able to get through a crack
2: and there's a stairway going downward
3: okay <laughs> i feel like i should do it i didn't want to how how long does your spell last um it lasts for an hour that's why i asked how long it yeah, takes yeah
2: yeah go do it so you head down this staircase and it goes for quite a while especially at the speed you're going it mm-hmm. takes you a good 15 minutes to get down If it's there.
3: gonna take 15 minutes i probably am not gonna do it
2: okay yeah if it's a long stairway down okay uh, All right,
3: well, Torv is probably down there. I'm going to go back up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Leica, you and the goddess are nervously pacing around the edge. I was going to say, I feel like at this point we would like hide somewhere yeah. and wait for yeah. you to come back. Meanwhile, Corbin, uh, the. I'm just going to call them by their name. They're called Blotterbirds. So the Blotterbirds have begun advancing on your pile of jerky scraps.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to fight them for it. So. <laughs> I like back away. I let them have it.
2: Okay. Well, they eat it. Then they fight each other for it.
3: <laughs> are there like
2: perches and things in here? You said yeah. there were nests, right? There's perches and there's uh holes in the wall where there are birds making their nests. Uh can I just stay on the
3: floor? Is there like a area of the floor that's not crowded or like that's inconspicuous
2: basically? Yeah, I mean they're not on the floor. They're all up on the perches and in the little holes. They don't want to be down there. There's yeah, a lot well, of bird then poop. I s-
3: Then I stay down here and I keep an eye out for the poop.
2: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Is there anywhere else you
3: want to look around at as a human fart? I'm going to go back to the main room. And I'm going to go down the hallway near the entrance stairs first. Since that's the closest to where I heard the guy complaining about Marty, I believe. And
2: I will just pray that I see a sign of Corbin. There is a door at the end of the hall. And there is a door to your right. I don't. I will go to the one at the end of the hall. You slip through the cracks of this door, and you are immediately met by a cacophony of cawing and okay. screeching. Okay, as you have found the aviary.
3: Hmm. Uh,
2: and this is where Corbin is. Corbin, you don't see her because she's a yeah, fart. But I'm apparently yeah. a fart. <laughs> I smell something real nasty. Though. Well,
3: okay. Do so. Do I see Corbin? Because he's like near the entrance. Right. Make a
2: perception check. Yeah. Okay. See if you can differentiate him. No. No, you cannot <laughs> no, no. pick
3: out Corbin from this crowd of blackbirds. Okay. But I'm gonna assume that I would probably assume he's there since I heard that. <laughs> can can I do a perception check? Not to find Fran, but like I feel like Corbin would also be trying to find a way like out of the A B right. fourteen.
2: Okay. So the only two entrances that you can see, or exits as the case is, is the door that you were brought in through. And the shutters up at the top of the aviary, these are heavy metal shutters which have been pulled down. You can feel the cold and the you can see a little bit of snow coming through the edges. So that looks to be the the main way out of here, at least that the birds use.
3: Would I also notice that?
2: Yes. Okay.
3: All right. Well, then I'm going to go back to the grate where Lycan and the goddess are no longer waiting for me. <laughs> so I'm going to come out and fly around till I find you guys.
2: Okay, I'm going to have you make one more perception check. Okay. While you're flying around up there. 18. Okay, now that you know kind of what to look for, mm-hmm. you can see the snow-covered area where those uh, shutters are for the aviary. Oh, Th- yeah. They're at the top of the leftmost peak.
3: Yeah, then I'm going to go find Lycan and the goddess if I can. Okay, yeah, they're, they're I mean, they're not super well hidden. So then I turn back into to Genasi, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I didn't pull the lever. <laughs> um the
2: goddess signs what did you find
3: a lot okay so i i think there's entrances into this place at the tops of these peaks specifically there's one where they keep those horrible birds that attacked us and when i was in there i overheard some weird guy mumbling about how his friend had rescued a baby bird so I can only assume that that means Corbin's in that room with the horrible birds. I didn't see him in there, but also I tell them the rest of everything I yeah. saw. Yeah, okay. So, did you say cool
2: golden sword on a throne? Like a focus. Anyway. <laughs> Corbin. Um, the goddess signs. is. Can we open those shutters from the outside? If we open those shutters, those were the birds that mm. were
3: scouting for us. So... If we're looking for Corbin in there, they might alert the guards to our presence as soon as we get in. Great point, great point. So I think we know there's shutters over the birds. We know that they might come out. We have Mary, who can make real loud noises. What if we could lure them out with an illusion? A diversion. Yeah. I high five Fran. Hey, <laughs> um, you guys, side note, I've been waiting for twenty years for one of you guys to decide to use the birds <laughs> as a diversion. <laughs> twenty years over here. Uh, <laughs> Did you hear something? I don't know. I think I heard somebody complaining on the wind. It sounded annoying. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to think like what's the best way to do this. Oh, I can Not make a loud a loud noise, too, with my, um... Yeah, commentary. I mean, what I'm thinking, though, is we, like, make the goddess cause, like, an avalanche, though. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's combine our ideas. Okay, so, we need the avalanche. Mary, we need the avalanche. You can maybe help. You gotta figure that out. I just realized... We need a loud noise, and we need an
2: illusion of... What should I make an illusion of? Mary signs... What about another god? What about Wavell? We know what he looked like, looks like.
3: That's a good idea, Mary. So, Laika, I need you to do your best impression of Wavelle and shout that. <laughs> um, is, so could we go over there and, like, find somewhere to hide and then set this up? Yeah, let's, okay. maybe, like, we can bury ourselves in the snow. Yeah,
2: that's a great idea. <laughs> okay. Okay, so are you guys going to climb to the top of that peak where the shutters are? I tell Gingy to stay behind, mm-hmm. and I tell her to wait for us there. Okay. She digs in, curls up.
3: I blow her a kiss. Yes, we're going to climb to the top of the peak, 15 feet away from the shutters, at least. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then I'll cover us up. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as we're covered, I use thaumaturgy and I say, Tova, you fool. Show yourself. It's me, Wavel." <laughs> Okay, and then I hold Mary's hand and I Mm -hmm. use shape water as kind of as far down the mountain as I can see Mm -hmm. on the other side of the peak away from us.
2: Okay, you feel... Start an avalanche. You feel a huge surge of power and it feels very controlled in a way that it hasn't before. Oh! And you start an avalanche. It begins rumbling down the mountain and two guards come out from the grate Mm -hmm. and they're looking around Uh, and Suddenly, they see this avalanche that started, and they run back inside. And a few minutes later, the shutters are flung open, and hundreds of these blackbirds come pouring out past you.
3: Okay, I'm gonna create around where the avalanche was. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna create an illusion of Wivel like coming out of the snow, mm-hmm. and then like jumping, like kind of like into the avalanche, to, like slide away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Is, is he kind of? Surfing down yes. the avalanche, yes. like snowboarding down. Yes, the, like SSX yes. three style. Yes, does okay. he look really cool? Um, he looks bombastic. Does he have like <laughs> long beachy hair? No, what? he has. What, he's what is bald? That Mel is bald. He's bald. <laughs> what does his snowboard look like? He doesn't have a snowboard.
2: It's a magic snowboard. <laughs>
3: <It's> like Jesus,
2: <laughs> walking on snow. Okay, um, a miracle. <laughs> Nobody can do it. The blotterbirds, <laughs> they fly after the illusion. And Corbin, from your perspective, the shutters have just been thrown open suddenly as a guard ran into the room and pulled a lever on the wall. And all of the birds flew out. It is still snowing outside, so a huge gust of wind and snow blows in and chills you to your little birdie bones, Corbin. <laughs> oh.
3: Uh, I I fly out with the other
2: birds. I I like I don't go
3: in their mass, mm-hmm. but I fly after them. Like I'm a little runt trying to keep up with like my adult friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, we need to go in now though, because a bunch of people just left. Yep. Yeah. Do I see them? Uh, yeah. I think as soon as the birds are even a little bit like mm-hmm. not paying attention to us and far away, we come out of the snow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Corbin,
2: you can see them once they come out of the snow. They're not trying to hide. Oh, okay okay i and we're um, like back into hell boy (laughs) okay so corbin as you fly out after these blotter birds uh, because you're trailing behind them you see fran and laika and mary pop out of the snow do you fly uh, they are on the side of the mountain just below where the shutters were do you fly down to them Mm -hmm. hells yeah hells yeah okay yeah i go right for them do you turn back into a human uh, at the very last second, I, I like, launch at them in human form. Ah, Uh, Mary tries to catch you in a hug, but is bowled over immediately. Ah,
0: Thanks, Mary.
2: Fran jumps onto them and
3: shouts into your ear, I'm so happy you're safe, but we need to go back into danger. <laughs> <laughs> I start to cry. Leica tries to pick all of them up in group hug.
2: Please make a roll for hugging all of us no no just like uh okay. what's my uh modifier on that uh, it's your strength modifier okay uh that's a 16. <laughs> you are able to pick them up in a group hug oh my god
3: <laughs> and then i uh say cast Featherfall, and i'm gonna jump us all <laughs> into each other's <shutters. laughs> Listeners to the mid roll. It's me, Noelle. I made a sound. Welcome. It's me. I'm here too. I also made a sound. It was my speaking. I made a sound from my mouth. That was also my speaking. Now we will thank the Patreon. <laughs> uh, we actually got a whole bunch of new ones. Um, I think partially because of our giveaway. So thank you so much to all of you. Here we go. Let's run down through those names. Thanks to James, Angela, Carly, Brianna, Caroline, Ali, Gregory, Scops and Co. Carter, Eric, The Bike Man, MCF, Jeff, Miguel, Run My, Hannah, Mr. Reciprocity, My, Luke, Jocelyn. Also on iTunes, we want to thank Glamdy, epona One, Dalish Farther Roam, Rome, Penultimate J, Go Cry Wolf, and Cameron Hiran for your lovely reviews. Thank you so much; it really, really helps. Sophie, do you have anything to say about that? Hey guys, I know every podcast is like, "Hey, why don't you review us on iTunes?" But we're different. We're not going to do that. We would never ask you to do that because we know you already have done it. You've already reviewed us. You've already given us 10 stars. Zillions of beautiful thumbs up. 20 tomatoes and all the ratings that you could possibly give. You've already done it. So keep up the good work and just know that since you've done it, more people can listen to our podcast and uh, find us online and on the net I just said the same thing. Will also be found on the internet and the World Wide Web. And the Nidosphere. I also wanted to point out to you guys that there are going to be some maps available for this episode, and we'll be posting those up on social media, so check those out. And, at last, the giveaway. It's complete. Oh my God, my Lord. A winner has risen above the horde. Who is they? Our grand prize winner, who's going to get to design a character for arc three and will receive a handmade dice bag, among other things, is Rob. It was Rob from Patreon. Second place went to Lillian, and third place went to Angela. But thank you so much to everyone who entered. We really appreciate your support, whether that was through Patreon or through telling your friends. And we wish you all the best of luck in our next giveaway, which who knows when that will be, but I suggest that you start doing the dark rites right now. Yes, draw the circle. Light the candles. Bring the salt. Cast the spell. Magic. And next... I want to have a word from our sponsor and a word from the man who communicates with our sponsor, Rudy Basso of Don't Split the Podcast Network, Have Book Travel Podcast, and Game O'Clock Podcast. Hello. Hello, Rudy. That's me.
4: Hi, Noel. How are you?
3: I'm great. Welcome to the middle of this episode. What do you think of this episode?
4: I think it, like all episodes, is fantastic.
3: Great answer from a man who doesn't know what episode is going to be posted. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So who's our who's our sponsor this uh, fateful evening?
4: Today it is Cobalt Press.
3: Cobalt Press?
4: Yeah. Cobalt Press is a, a third-party design company. They make a lot of 5E products. Sometimes they work on official Wizards of the Coast products. They recently launched a Patreon which is a bit different. Uh, it's kind of like a magazine subscription. You give them money and then every few months they're going to release like a magazine just for you, their patrons. For only $1 a month, you get access to new content in their Midgard campaign setting, including new maps, new monsters, new magic items, and new player options. And if you bump up your pledge to $3, you will have access to The Clattering Keep.
3: So what is The Clattering Keep, Rudy?
4: The Clattering Keep is a warlock lair, which is a special thing they're doing with their Patreon. It's a short 5e adventure. And this one was written by John Sawatsky, who also wrote Prepared and Prepared 2.
3: I know Prepared and Prepared 2.
4: Yeah, it's a dozen one-shot adventures. So this is a guy who knows how to write short, concise... Awesome one-shot kind of adventures.
3: Very cool.
4: Yes. And in the future, there'll be installments from James Hake, who uh, co-wrote the Critical Role world book, which has just come out with Matt Mercer from that very popular podcast. Wow. And the maps are from Dyson Maps, which is a very well-respected, well-known mapmaker within the community. So this is really like top-tier Dungeons & Dragons material.
3: My goodness.
4: Their next Patreon goal, which they are very close to, is to add a second one of these adventures. That's pretty crazy.
3: Is that twice as much?
4: <laughs> Twi- that is, in the very literal sense, twice as much, mm-hmm. Noelle.
3: Wow. So how can the listeners of Dames and Dragons get to this Patreon?
4: A fine question. They can go to patreon.com slash Press. That is how.
3: That is how. And then last of all, here is a message to Chantel. The code word is Lynn, Kayla Lynn. Go, go, go. The agent is active. What does Kat say? The agent is going. She went,
2: she's gone.
3: feather fall in is that guy still down there Uh, no he's run out so you are now alone in the aviary Fran is shaking (laughs) (laughs) okay she grabs Corbin by the shoulders and says what did they do to you what did you do last night what's going on
2: (laughs) um uh, I barfed
3: and and they didn't do anything actually cause I was very smart are you sure you barfed
2: (laughs) yeah I fucking barved <laughs> out of fear.
3: It's Corbin. And I hug him. Yeah. Corbin, can you cast that stealth spell on us again? Yes. Uh so I cast Pass Without a Trace on all of us.
2: Okay. Alright. Did you guys leave um, the room? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I
3: wanna peek out and look at the door.
2: Okay. Uh it looks like there's a flurry of activity towards that main entrance way. Okay. There's nobody in the hallway that this door leads to. What is the
3: door that I am opening? If I crane my head and like look around, mm-hmm. I look at this door. I can see what it looks like. It yeah. looks great. I make an illusion of this hallway at the end of the thing. So they, it looks empty to the people running by.
2: Very nice. I like it. <laughs> nice. uh, take a point of inspiration for that. Yay! I'm trying to remember hey! to give you guys inspiration points. I
3: forgot about those. Yeah, me too. That's- Do you guys tell me that you were in here? I think well, we would. Let's go out of this room and Mm -hmm. be in the hallway Mm -hmm. and very quietly fill Corbin in as much as we can, very briefly. And I'm going to ask, Mary, do you have any protection spells you can cast on us? Great question. Before we
2: go. Mary signs to you guys, I don't have anything that will last long term. It would be better if I wait until we need it. Okay. You bring that
3: extra protecting goodness, my goddess Mary. (laughs) She nods. We're smaller than an island. It's not as much energy. Look into my eyes.
2: (laughs) She looks into (laughs) your eyes and and nods, but she looks a little unsure of herself. You're going to do this, Mary.
0: I believe in you, Mary.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, So as you guys are at the end of this hallway, you feel like the air in the room is suddenly sucked toward that main entranceway. And then stepping out of this shimmer in the air is torva you are now confronted by torva's chosen form he stands about seven feet tall with skin the color of polished bronze and golden hair that is swept away from his face he's quite handsome but in this way that a sword is handsome dangerous Torva is wearing a black uniform with a purple half-cape and shiny silver buttons that go up to his neck. He's followed closely by a high elf woman who's walking just a few steps behind him. The woman is wearing a black and purple dress and a cylindrical headdress with a long veil that extends from the top and down her back. It takes you a minute, because you haven't really ever seen her face more than just glimpses, but you realize that it's Cecilia. Mm. Reroll yourself. I got 20. I got over 20. How much over 20?
3: Just like one. I got 21. 21. I okay. I got 26.
2: Okay. Okay. As Torva and Cecilia are walking past this hallway, Cecilia looks down it and she looks directly at you guys behind the illusion. But she doesn't say anything. In fact, she gives an- almost imperceptible shake of her head status report torva booms this and people just fled to him one officer comes up next to him and says we have troops in position they've dug in on the north face and they'll be ready ready to mobilize on your command give the order another agent comes up next to him on his other side our operations in ilfra danmar and madria are proceeding according to plan excellent did the gray manacle know of our involvement no sir Although your daughter's involvement with her grey manacle contact has proven problematic. Tell my daughter that if she sees that rat-faced half-elf again, I will personally remove his skin from his flesh. Yes, sir. And where's Phelan? He's still out in the red fields, sir. Our scouts found another piece of the island crashed there. Our calculations on the blast radius must have been off. I don't care. Tell him to come find me. Yes, sir, where- And before this poor officer can finish her question- the air is sucked through again and Torva steps through. Cecilia follows closely behind him. And he disappears? Yeah.
4: What?
3: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so much information! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> okay. Um, all right. And so, what are the rest of the guards doing now?
2: Oh, they're. All sort of scurrying around now. Uh, mm-hmm. People have leapt to action. Where they were walking before, now they're running. Someone you hear as they pass by, they say, should we tell him about the uh, disturbance outside? And the other one says, absolutely not. If we can contain that threat before he finds out, then that will be better for us.
3: Mm, useful. Yes, I think, hold on, I have disguised self. <laughs> yeah, like impersonate officers, right? Star Wars style <laughs> stormtroopers. I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> We're all fine <laughs> here. <laughs> I'm a little short for a Torba army man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't live like this. Okay. Um, maybe have the goddess put her hand on you while you're trying to disguise yourself. Oh, like, yeah, okay. I am going to disguise myself into a tall, beautiful soldier. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I look a little bit like Phelan, but not exactly like him. Okay. Like, people wouldn't mistake me for him, but, like, he looks good. Right. Okay. (laughs) So, I'm gonna, yeah, I'll I'll hold out my hand to Mary and say, Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to disguise myself into one of the soldiers. Can you see if you can multiply the effect and maybe have us turn into different things? And I'm thinking, I would like us to look like
2: different soldiers.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well,
2: let's see what she can do. And
3: if I can't make us look that different, that's okay, as long as our clothes look different.
2: Natural 20. Whoa! Yep. so Mary, she squeezes your hand and... Uniforms materialize on Corbin, Leica, and herself. And while she isn't able to alter their faces too much, you are all now disguised as soldiers of Torva. Do Can- I look like Phelan? <laughs> you, because you were directing it, you were able to uh, shape your own face into looking like Phelan. Yes,
3: which is probably oh. the most important
2: because you are you
3: stand out. Yeah, like exactly. A song. I, yes, exactly. Like the rest of them could <laughs> conceivably maybe exist. Leica's not great, but.
2: Can I cover my head? Was anyone wearing like a mask or helm at all? You guys didn't see it, but Marty was wearing a cloak.
3: Can I use my hair to braid around my horns so it covers them and I look like I just have a really elaborate- red. That's fine. They won't notice that. I'm going to do my hair quick.
2: Okay. Uh, The goddess helps you do your hair.
3: All right. And I'm just going to say I have a bad sunburn.
2: Okay. Friend, do you
3: want to help me do my hair? Fran, um, like, pushes your face away, like, yeah, as man. if she's helping, but she just kind of pushes you towards the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. We are now disguised. Are, are people walking in, like, units, or are they just running around willy-nilly?
2: It looks like mostly people are walking in ones and twos, maybe a couple threes. It doesn't seem to be there's much pattern.
3: Okay. All right. So we can just basically go.
2: Yeah. You can just go.
3: Okay, so then I'm going to wait till there's not anybody walking in front of us and then vanish my illusion that I have in front of the-
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, the wall illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything? Think
3: that, like, soldiers are saying to each other, like a flamey, oh, my good hotman?
2: Uh, no, <laughs> actually, since Torva came and left, they haven't really been speaking much at all to each okay. other. They're all sort of in terrified silence. Oh, same. Perfect. (laughs) We fit
3: right in. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Nobody feels like they belong here. (laughs) What are we looking for exactly? We're
2: looking for the vessel. You're looking for the cloak to hide the goddess, and you're looking for the vessel of Vione.
3: So I know that there's like a secret entrance. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where Torva would hide things. Did we want to get uniforms or do we just want to go? I mean, we can just go, but, like, if it takes us longer than an hour, this will run out. We should probably get real uniforms then. Yeah. Wait, is there, there's another door in this hallway, isn't there? Yeah. We should go down that door first.
2: Okay. Inside uh, this door, there is a large kitchen with several fireplaces that have pots of food hanging over them. There is nobody in here at the moment, although it looks like there is food cooking for tomorrow morning's meal. And there's no other entrance or exit. There is. There's another uh, door at the opposite side of this room. All right, let's look in there. Yep. All right, this looks like this is the galley. There are three long tables with benches at them. And then at the front of the room, there is a raised platform with a smaller table with golden place settings and chairs cushioned in velvet. Do those place settings look valuable? They're made of gold. I'm not. <laughs>
3: uh, oh. Laika looks at Corbin and is like, uh, remembering her days of crime with Corbin and like, Corbin's- then looks at the place settings. Corbin's doing the same thing. Is there anyone Corbin's around? Corvin's thinking the same thoughts. Uh, no, not at this moment. Alright, All I right. hold up in the bag of holding. We throw those on yes. it. <laughs> we dump them all in. Okay, okay. Then I put my hand in the middle, so for you guys to like join in on a, a crime. No, I don't. I yeah. look around for another exit to this room because I feel like the barracks are probably close to the mess hall. So I just high five Corbin then. and I say yeah. crime. I say crime too. <laughs> uh,
2: there is another exit out of this room. When you go down that way, it leads back to that main, the main war room. Rick. there is a hallway directly across from you. Uh, The throne and the war table are to your left. Um, Also, if you want to, you're a little bit closer now, so you can see a little more detail on that sword that's embedded in the back of the throne. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So you can see from here that the golden sword embedded in the back of the throne, it looks like it's pretty firmly in there. Like the stone, it's not just inserted, the stone has been formed around it. There is a ruby embedded in the pommel of the sword and flames engraved in the blade. It does not look like it can be removed easily. Is it a great sword? Yes.
3: Oh my fucking god, I want that sword so bad. Um, I, like, turn to Mary and I'm like, does that look like something you'd use to cut off Torva's head?
2: Mary shakes her head (laughs) and then shrugs and signs, I don't know- No one ever told me what that sword looks like. Does it look like the perfect sword for me?
3: (laughs) It looks like a sword? It brings out your sunburn.
2: Thank you. (laughs) We wanted to look at the war table, too. Sure. There's a little bit of a detour, but it's, I mean, people are stopping to look at the war table, you know, and take notes or Mm -hmm. move pieces or things like that on there. I also take notes. Okay. I have
3: parchment and shit.
2: You just, like, pull it out of your bag? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, So you take notes on what is there. I will show you. Oh! Because I have this map. Uh, (gasps) On the war table, there are broken tower tokens on the cities of Ilfra, Madria, and Denmark. There's also one in the Farah Mountains. From this map, you can finally see a good idea of the shape of this world. And you realize it's not quite the same as maps you've seen before. I'm going to have you guys roll intelligence checks. Mm, I'm done. I got over 20. Okay. I got also over 20. Okay. Fran and Corbin, you guys remember that map you guys saw way back in episode one. Oh. When, yeah, the tapestry that you had to burn in order to move on in your trials. And you're looking at this map and you realize the continents aren't shaped the same and they all seem a little bit smaller than you remember. Please let there be underwater cities. <laughs> Global warming. Please. Climate change. Climate change. So there are also Broken Tower tokens on the other two continents. There are three continents in this world. And there are Broken Tower tokens on the other two continents. On the western continent, there are tokens on the cities of Gallia, Khyr, and Voy, as well as an unlabeled spot in the middle of the southern desert. And guys, since you've got such great intelligence rolls before, you realize looking at where that desert is, that matches up just about to where you Remember the great forest was on that map in the beginning. hmm um, on the southern continent on the southern continent, there is a token in the Nuea mountains and one on the city of Onya as well as one on an unlabeled spot on the southern coast.
3: So basically what we're finding out from this war table is places where Torva is secretly conquering things probably because that's not like what they've talked about. So then, shall we? Okay.
2: What? That was a mystery ah. roll that will help us later. Ooh. will it? Will it help us?
3: It, was, it yeah, will help me.
2: Yeah, as we yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: can't, can't so, say. Okay. Can't say us like Smeagol. Let's go meet our doom. I guess there's one more hallway we haven't gone down. Right? Uh, let's go down that hallway.
2: Down this hallway, there are three doors on your right, two doors on your left, and a door at the end of the hall.
3: All right, let's go through the nearest one. So the nearest one is on your right. Okay.
2: That's adorable.
3: Mm. Fran (laughs) opens the door.
2: (laughs) Okay. Uh, In this room, there are approximately 50 beds, most of which are filled right now. Oh, the barracks. How many people to a bed? One person to a bed, about 50 beds in this room. Anybody spooning? No one spooning. Mm -hmm. Each bed has a footlocker at the end of it. And I'm going to have you make uh, another set of perception checks. Oh, natural
3: 20. Oh, Fran yeah. got natural 20. I got a 16.
2: Okay, Fran, you, your key and Genasi ears, mm. you hear a couple of people whispering
3: in the <gasps> darkness.
2: And does anyone know we're spooning? <laughs> is, that, is that Commander Bronca? No, Commander Bronca's on the day shift now. Commander Hastis is on the night shift. Well, then is it Commander Astis? Um, I say quiet, and uh, they they stop talking. Okay, let's Wait. let's
3: steal some seven and leave. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! We're gonna take your stuff. <laughs> no spooning. <laughs> Don't fucking spoon each other. You better not be spooning in there.
2: <laughs> Kat, does anybody in here want to be spooned? You cannot tell. Darn.
3: Hey, guys. I, what's your greatest fear? Because mine is waking up to have a stranger spooning you in the <laughs> dark, saying, I could tell you wanted to be spooned.
2: Um, so what do you guys want to steal? Um, for?
3: Just, like, let's just get as many outfits as we can get from the nearest Foot Lockers.
2: Okay. Yeah. Are you just grabbing them indiscriminate of size? I okay. have a dark vision, so I can, like, hold it up and, like, guesstimate if yeah. it's approximately yeah. the size. Yeah. Okay. You open up the footlocker and inside you find uniform, a few personal belongings in each one. Mm -hmm. They differ between people. And a black book with a silver broken tower emblazoned on the front. Uh, I take the book. Okay. (laughs) Okay,
3: so we got our uniforms? Yep. Alright, we can just put them on like over our whatever we're
2: wearing. So there are two more doors on the right side of this hallway- Two door- more doors on the left side of this hallway and a door at the end of the hall.
3: I want to open All right, let's Scooby do it and go look in all the doors. Yeah, <laughs> okay.
2: So the doors uh, on this right side of the hallway, both of those two doors lead to other barracks rooms. On the opposite side, which one do you want to go to first? The one closer to the war room or the one further from the war room? Closer. Okay. This is an office. There are eight desks in here, and only a couple of the desks have people at them. The people who are there, they look pretty young, um, and they are all transcribing notes from one piece of paper to another. It appears to be a place where they transcribe field notes. Well,
3: I feel like it's not worth it to try and get information from here. Nope. I think we should keep on. Yeah.
2: Okay. So the next room down the hallway is an armory. There are shelves of equipment, weapons, armor, However, it looks like the majority of the equipment that is stored in this room is currently in use. There doesn't seem to be anything of value in here. It seems to all just be standard issue equipment. Okay. Is there one more door? Yes. Uh, this door is locked. Meh.
3: I ask you guys if you want me to turn into an ant and crawl through. Yep. Go for it. All right. I'm going
2: to do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Corbin, you turn into a tiny little ant. So you crawl under the door, and it is a much further distance as an ant as than it was as a human, mm-hmm. but it looks like beyond that door, there are three more doors down a small hallway. <sighs> do I see, like, an actual lock on the door? Do you think that I could unlock? Actually, yeah. You see that there is a, there's a little latch that you
3: can turn to unlock it. I think you should check the other doors first before you do that. How long uh, will it take? That'll you take a really long time as an <laughs> yeah. ant, though.
2: How long is will it take? It's fast. You could probably check one of the doors, and then at that point, it would become suspicious for the other three to be standing out there for so long. Yeah, okay, I think okay. you should
3: unlock it. All right, well, you can check one.
2: I'll check one. Which one do you want to check? There's two on the left side of you and one door on the right. Okay, I do Shh. the one on the right. <laughs> okay. So this room is elaborately decorated with lots of black cloth draped from the ceiling and across the canopy of a large bed. There's a desk with many expensive knickknacks. There's a gold egg covered in jewels, a crystal mirror, a small sculpture of a rabbit made of silver and inlaid with gems. There is also a high elf man sleeping in the bed. Oh, you guys, I really want to steal this shit.
3: You can't. You're an ant. Come back <laughs> think- and unlock the door for us. Okay. I go back and I unlock the door. <laughs> so- now I am torn
2: up. So can we check that door and see if it's locked? You mean the bedroom door? Yeah. Yes, it is locked.
3: There are-, are they all locked?
2: One of them is unlocked.
3: Okay. Well, let's peek in there and okay. see what we see.
2: The unlocked room is a little bit smaller. It is very homey inside, uh, much less elaborately decorated. There are a few small, simple paintings hanging over the desk, uh, which depict a human woman and two half-elf children. And there is no one inside.
3: Can we search Anything? the
2: room? Yeah. Sure. Uh, roll investigation. We I got probably- over 20 for in- investigation. All right. Fran, Fran, she's got it. I okay. got 18. Okay. Yeah, I got 19. Fran, uh, all of you actually rolled really well. So you start ransacking this room. Yeah. There are some personal mementos, uh, some letters from a human woman that are very romantic in nature, to a commander hastus. And you also find a set of keys. Okay. We're
3: going to take the keys? (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah. I think we'll try very quietly different Mm -hmm. keys on the one that Corbin doesn't know if there's someone sleeping in.
2: Okay. they will assume maybe there is. (laughs) There's about a dozen keys on this ring, and uh, it it takes you a a couple minutes to figure out which is the right one. You start to open the door, and then you hear someone say, Excuse me!
3: Um, And I say, Oh, Sorry! You don't need your room cleaned now?
2: A human man storms to the door and rips it open. He says, what are you for doing here? We have a cleaning service. I'm so sorry, sir. What do we see in the room? (laughs) Okay. In the room beyond, (laughs) it is very sparsely decorated. There's a large bed and a desk similar to the other two rooms you've been in. But there is very little decoration in here.
3: Forgive us, commander.
2: Idiots. I told the cleaning service that I've switched to the morning shift. Get out of my sight. And he slams the door in your face.
3: Okay. Cool. <laughs> Alright. I give Fran a thumbs up. We did it. Uh, Fran is just still shaking. <laughs> She's like, I hate this place so much. Okay. Do we need to
2: go in the other room? Yes. We yes. got
3: the keys though. Okay. Yeah, but we're still stealthy.
2: Still stealthy. All right. Yeah. I'm going to have you. If you're going to try and sneak into this man's room while he's sleeping, please make another st- set of shelves, Jack. Yeah, that's fine. We still yeah. have plus 10, though. Yeah. Yep. I got 23. 20. I got 21. And the goddess still did not do very oh well. Gosh, <laughs> you for unlock the next door, and the rattling of the keys, it's a lot of noise. And then you, you try and hand the keys to Mary, and she just drops them. <laughs> Mary. Like I just says- Room service. <laughs> There's a a very loud yawn, and then an elven man with silvery white hair comes to the door. All he's wearing is uh, trousers, and he's he hot. Yeah, he's really hot. Oh, okay. Um. Damn. And <laughs> he he yawns as he opens the door and looks at it's four of you. Goes, you're not the normal cleaning service. We're new.
3: There was a disturbance outside, so I think they went to go help somebody.
2: Oh, well. uh, Well, Val is attacked.
3: What? (laughs) What? He caused- (laughs) Hold on. He caused an (laughs) avalanche outside.
2: What is wrong with your skin? I have a sunburn. (laughs) That is quite a sunburn. Look, it's so much time before I am supposed to be awake right now, and you- Look. He reaches into his pocket, and then he hands each of you a silver piece, and he says, just just tell Commander Bronca that you did your job. And he turns around and he-
3: Wait! Before he does, I want to try and charm him to get him to leave. <laughs> okay,
2: try and charm him. Commander Hostas is looking for you. A roll of persuasion jack? Sixteen. Alright. He stops shutting the door in your face and he opens it up again and he goes- <sighs> <sighs> And he turns- He shuts the door again and a minute later he comes back with uh, his uniform jacket- Draped over his shoulders, and he's buttoning it up. He says, "Just do your thing. Make it. <sighs> Listen, there's some stains on the sheets. Don't worry about those.
3: Uh, <laughs> we'll
2: make it very neat."
3: <laughs> uh, and he walks out past you. We walk on in, and I go straight for that damn egg. I will say we probably should hurry it up after this because I think that if he comes back and finds everything exactly the same but all his valuables gone, he'll be very (laughs) suspicious of us. You know what? He just might also. He's gonna go to uh, Commander Hostas and be like, "Hey, what do you want?" (laughs) And then that guy's gonna be like, "Nothing. I didn't ask for you." (laughs) Yeah. All right. I look at the
2: sheets. Oh, there are some. Uh, white stains, gross. Okay, yeah. let's go. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> nasty. I just wanted to see guy. if they are blood
3: stains, but we gotta go now. <laughs> <laughs> that's gross. This guy's good looking. Something no, I happened. get it. Let's just say he pulls. <laughs> he pulls what? You know what? Let's go. Uh, where Where do you want to go? Um, to that damn, damn room. P- yeah, the only place we haven't really gone, isn't it? Unless- yes.
2: At this point, else? yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah, so we need we're gonna go to the room behind the throne.
2: Okay. So you guys make your way to the room behind the throne, and things seem to be calming down a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh you hear people talking about how it looks like it was just a false alarm. The blotterbirds must have thought they saw or heard something, and people are it seems that they've investigated your distraction and found it was nothing. So you make your way to that door at the back of the room, and it is locked. None of the keys that you have, open it. All right. I had a feeling this would happen. Yeah. Is it just a normal lock? It looks much smaller than a normal lock.
3: Mm. We need to work quickly at this point because this is all going to unravel soon. Yes. We're getting very close. Well, I was going to say none of us have lock picking tools, do we? But You do. You've yeah, some. You have thieves tools. But it would be so suspicious. Yeah, it'd be suspicious as fuck. But one of us could create a distraction. Yes. That's true. Why don't you go juggle for them? I could. I have a spell that's called Conjure Animals. So I could just conjure. That's a, a bunch great of distraction. Animals. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah. How far you away from yourself that? can you do it? 60 feet is the range. Here's so that- what's up. If none of us have proficiency, you could give me the Thief's Tools and I could do it while you're doing this distraction oh, yeah. still. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I cast Conjure Animals. So I'm going to I can cast two beasts of a challenge rating 1 or lower. So I'm going to cast a brown bear to appear and okay. he's going to be aimed at the hallway and uh <laughs> a giant eagle. I want him to aim appear your bear.
2: His- I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Please aim your bears. <laughs> Gentlemen, do not fire your bears until you see the whites of their eyes. <laughs> The bear is aimed, cocked, and loaded, so just (laughs) watch
3: out. (laughs) And the eagle is a giant eagle, and it's going to appear right above the war table, Uh, just like those giant eagles as they came to scoop up Sam and Frodo off of Mount Doom. created the world's largest plot hole. Yep. Okay, yep. and I cast Enlarge on the bear. <laughs> Cut. And it now has advantage on strength rolls and 1d4 extra damage for any attack it does.
2: Uh, people are freaking out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> people are, some people start running and screaming. Uh, others draw their swords to face down the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, now I'm gonna use my thieves' tools
3: on that door. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna have the goddess watch my back. Okay. Yep. So the
2: goddess is keeping a lookout. Yep. Ah, oh, not bad. Seventeen. The door does not unlock.
3: Okay. I don't feel like it's going to unlock.
2: People are still freaking out now, facing down the bear, right, which I'm is attacking try... again. Nope. Okay. I turn into an ant. Uh, no one seems to have noticed you yet. So, Corbin, you turn into an ant and crawl into the study. Yep. There does not appear to be a way to unlock this door from the other side without a key. Uh, ooh, ooh. Is Are there any openings, like any other exits from the room? There does not appear to be any other exits from first inspection. Does Corbin see a key anywhere? Uh, he hasn't looked
3: for a key yet. I'm hoping you'll search the room for uh-huh. a key. But right now I'm going to
2: try and unlock the door again. Okay. What are the walls made of, Cat? Bookshelf. I critically failed. Your lockpick gets stuck in the lock. Oh, and uh, the- you're not able to pull it out. And someone has noticed you. One of the soldiers who is facing down the bear turns to look at you and goes, What are you doing? Trying to get away from that damn bear.
3: There's an eagle in here. Don't you know anything?
2: You're a soldier of Torva. Help us fight this thing.
3: Yes. Hey. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I go over to like make like I'm helping.
2: Before um, I leave, I want to. I
3: need to remove that tool. Make
2: a strength save to make to try and pull that tool
3: out. Okay. I'm like going with, and I point, and I'm like, oh my god! And as I point, I cast press the digitation, and sparks erupt from the bear's like nostrils. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh god Okay, that's a 12 uh, You are not able to remove it from I'm the... gonna try again <laughs> um, um, I'm still pointing
3: self- and I'm like Holy shit And I um, <laughs> I make smoke rise From his nostrils And there's an odd odor
2: 14 <laughs> That does it, however As you are tugging fearfully At this yeah. lockpick A hand grasps your wrist and it is the elven commander that you roused from his bed. Looks like someone has sticky fingers. But in this way that a sword is handsome dangerous
3: <laughs> bad
2: sorry I just imagine someone being like i want to fuck that sword <laughs> sophia don't tell me laika doesn't feel that sometimes she looks at a good sword i don't want to talk about it <laughs>
3: Hey, Rudy.
4: Hey, Noelle.
3: You're from a billion years in the future, right?
4: Yes. And (laughs) I feel very underrepresented in the RPG community.
3: Don't we all? Well, I have good news for you, my friend.
4: Is it very specific to my problem?
3: Almost absurdly specific. Monty Cook Games, the creators of Numenera, are running a Kickstarter right now for Numenera 2.
4: What is Numenera, Noelle?
3: Well, Rudy... It is a game about exploration and discovery of a far future Earth. Maybe like the one you came from, where remnants of past civilizations are so advanced, they seem like magic.
4: Wow, there's so much potential, a billion years in the future. What was the Earth like, 1,600,742 years in the future? I don't know, but I could find out in this game.
3: You sure could. In Numenera, the people of the Ninth World suffer through a dark age, an era of isolation and struggle in a shadow of the ancient wonders crafted by civilizations millennia gone. Does that sound something like your life, Rudy?
4: Uh, Surprisingly so.
3: Discovery awaits for those brave enough to seek out the works of the prior worlds. The Kickstarter is to sponsor two new books, Numenera Discovery and Numenera Destiny. These new core books will replace the existing core book, but it's not a new edition. All existing products are forward compatible.
4: I know about this Kickstarter, and I know about both the books. Numenera Discovery is a fresh take on the existing core book. It'll revise some of the rules to make things more clear and more fun, and it'll increase the options for you the player characters, or if you're not the player, Numenera Destiny will give you new and epic ways to structure your campaigns. There'll be materials, power sources, and treasures that you can utilize an entirely new, robust crafting and building system. So
3: what you're telling me, Rudy, my friend from a billion years in the future, is that you already knew all about this, and you let me go on about it like an idiot. That's cool. Uh, That's fine. All right. The Kickstarter is currently live. You can visit mymcg.info slash dstpodcast. That's mymcg.info slash dstpodcast for more information.